Fine. Good morning to everybody. Welcome to Wednesday, a rainy, miserable kind of morning here in South Florida. But, you know, we can't control the weather. We can only control our attitude. So, uh, hey, what's up, Patrick? How are you, my friend? Nice to see you. He's like, he's like Jules. He I'm heard the say, music. Like, <laughs> like this when he heard the music. We have the, uh, the, the younger generation always joining us. Hey, buddy. Nice <laughs> to see you. Uh, Lori, what? A week it has been uh, and will continue to be. Oh, my gosh. It is crazy. I mean, if this is any indication, first of all, of what season's going to be like. It's crazy. So we, we've we been going since, I've been going since Saturday, and I've got till next, at least till Sunday. I don't even know what's next week. But J.A. Yeah. has had so much going on this week. I actually was teasing, Lori. I deserve a paycheck. We had our big event Monday night. We have a cool, intimate gathering of of senior uh, of young leaders in the marketplace generational leaders uh, tonight and then tomorrow morning's the entire board meeting so it's like <laughs> i need a paycheck man i'm doing but i love it it is a labor of love and i'm super excited as i said about all of the fun things Lori, i'll let you tell the number is in the tally the we tallied everything we did talk yeah. about what we did <laughs> So amazing event. Everything was up from last year. Sponsorships, live auction, all of that for a total of $281,000. So these, the guys, the guys surpassed Rose Soiree. Just want to let the women know. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. It's a fun rivalry. But I will tell you, we all took it seriously. man. We you know what's right. so funny? One of the coaches last night, David, said to me, and he goes, you know, it's not fair. They have two events and we only have one. And I'm like. Okay. So, you know, it, um, and, and you know what the feedback and all of the representation throughout social media was just tremendous. I mean, people really, really had a good time, you know, while raising money. And I think the fact that we, you know, shortened the program and, you know, we'll continue. Well, to we tried, it, except for Channing. Yeah. It was still yeah. much shorter. I mean, yeah. even, even yeah. though that went long, candidly, that was almost like entertainment. Yeah. You no, know, he would, it, it didn't feel like that was long because everybody was so engaged in him dropping F bombs all over the stage. Exactly. You know, I think though, Steve, you know, look, it's great that the money obviously is what we need in order to do what we do. But I think what I love about this event and the league is the tagline is men teaming up for impact to watch, you know, look, I've always been so involved in the community and I can tell you 90% of the people are women, right? You don't always see as many men involved in volunteering and giving their time and, and all that. So to watch these men, because now they really all get involved. I mean, we've got the mentoring event. And I think it's the end of January, beginning of February. We've got the secretary of the lottery coming down to speak to you guys. And then he's going to be the keynote for the kids because the lottery supports education. I, it's just a great group of men who really just want to give back. I think this is a lesson for everybody that unless you create a platform or an environment or a destination for people to grow into it, it's hard for people to do on their own. We All we did was say, Hey, there really is no thing for them to be part of. The women clearly, you know, created the circle of wise women. There was a destination. You could say yes or no to that. This is a thing you could say yes or no to. We 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 raise a ton of money just by the volume. You know, it's not per person. It's anybody, young or old, could really be part of it. So super cool, super fun. 
I hope we are not boring you with our JA conversation. <laughs> yeah, get let's involved. do some good stuff. Get involved, man. It's all about education. Um, and, you know, there, there's really nothing. Uh, I, I can't say enough about it. All great stuff. Shay, wake this thing up. Lori, you and I got some great stuff. We got huddle headlines today. And Lori's going to give her opinion. I, I think we're going to I think we're gonna get really into it. Throwing it at me today. Let's go. Wake up, So before we jump into uh, this piece of content, I want to thank those who have filled out the survey. What's your pain point? All of my coaching sessions start with like, where does it hurt, man? What's working? What's not working? So a lot of question-based, you know, philosophical way to to coach. And so uh, those who did know what the result is. They wound up getting 15 minutes with me or Mark to actually give them some insight into what their pain is. So, um, Rich, I know you uh, figured it out, and I know Greg did it, and Tim Anderson. So thank you to all of those, too many to mention. But I want to talk about coaching philosophy. I think it's a great thing. Lori coaches internally. She coaches externally. She mentors. She does a lot, you know, as, as a side hustle, if you will. Um, and so in Mark's absence, he left us this video. My coaching philosophy is rooted in the Socratic style of coaching, meaning the goal that I'm trying to accomplish is to get you to understand what we're trying to do for yourself. So I lead with questions and I help you uncover problems. I help you find the answers so that you own them for yourself and they help you be successful. Boom. So I don't even know what Socratic means. He's so smart and bullshit, you know. Uh, Lori, what is your coaching style? I believe the describe? root is from Socrates. Yes, I know it is from Socrates. Oh, thank you, Shay. Uh, is there a duh? Is there a duh that we can use? <laughs> Pulls up three-pointers. Bang! Bang! That oh, he gave himself a, a three-pointer. I like that. Yes. <laughs> uh, Lori, uh, what, what is your <laughs> – thank you. There we go. Lori, what is your coaching style? Uh, I, I would agree with Mark. I think it's about questions, right? It's easy to give people the answer, but um, I think the questions are what help them get to the answers on their own. Help them go deeper into thought, thinking about things a different way. If you just tell someone, um, it's not quite the same. Uh, but so I, I would agree with Mark. I, I definitely think the questions are the way to go. So there's all different kinds of styles. Uh, some are prescriptive, meaning there's already a curriculum that they bring you through. So like on you know week 51, we're, we're totally right. talking about the same thing. That is clearly not my style. Yeah. That intimidated me in getting in the business because everybody else had a curriculum. Here's our agenda. And then I quickly realized, what does my agenda have to do with it? Zero. Your agenda is what I want to pay attention to. And I build the curriculum real time around, you know, what the pain points are. And so that's where questions certainly come in. 
but I am very clear to tell people I do not give them advice. People are always looking for advice. Hey, can I pick your brain? Which people who know me, I hate that term. I don't want you to pick my nose. I don't want you to pick my friends. You're certainly not going to pick my brain. So, you know, the idea here is that I don't give advice. I give perspective. I have done it. Lori, you have done it. You continue to do it in a growing organization. So your perspective is relevant. There is history there that you can pull on and say, what I'm seeing that you may not be seeing, here's my take on it. Here's what I would do. Now do whatever you choose to do because the challenge with advice is advice could be right or wrong. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree with you. I, I think the other important <clears throat> important thing for coaching is you kind of need to know what you want to accomplish going in, right? Why are you being coached? It, it could be as simple as, I just want to keep getting better, right? That's that's fine. But some, sometimes there are specific goals. Like I'm mentoring, uh, I was actually, I was coaching somebody a few months ago and she said, I said, you know, what what is it you're really, you what's, one thing you really want to get out of this where you want to accomplish from the coaching. And she said, well, I want to help. I want to build my brand. I said, okay, let's look at your LinkedIn. We went to our LinkedIn and it was everything about events of something, right? The organization she worked on. I said, I don't know who you are. And I said, right. So, so I was like, so how could you show me through that, right? Who you are. And that's just an example. Right. She had a very specific goal, right? So Which I think, is, wanted- you know, we, we have an intake form that we use when we coach somebody that gets a lot of the questions on paper up front. We do look at, you know, what is, what is success? You know, I think a lot of that's the first question I ask is like, all right, we decide to work together. What, what, what does success look like 90 days from now? You know, so I think it's ultimately this. If you want to jump in the car and go for a long ride together, then we have a shot at this working out. If you don't want to spend time with somebody, I think the coaching exercise fails. You, yeah. you need to be sort of in the same like, I like you, I trust you, and I sort of want to spend time with you. So, Well, and the other thing is you have to be committed. Once, once you walk out of that coaching session, what are you going to do with it? Well, right? so, so that's an interesting take because I think that's part of the responsibility of a coach is to hold somebody accountable yeah. for the execution. So that's a lot of times people say, oh, yeah, I learned that. That's great. Well, what are you doing with it? You know, week to week when I coach somebody, I'm holding their feet to the fire. You said you were going to do this. What the fuck did you do it? Or, you know, my style is very upfront. You know, Mark's a little bit more tame. You're probably the nicer of the three of us. Well, but you still have to, you still, first of all, yes, I believe the coach's responsibility is to hold somebody accountable. At the same time, if someone can, right, if, if you've got somebody out there who walks out of the coaching every time and really isn't trying to put things into practice, right? At some point, I don't know how, how much good the coaching yeah. is going to do. Well, right? I've fired clients before. I said, look, you're not really into this. You don't right. really do it. It's not fun for me. I have to. I want to I wanna be in the, the growth mode. You're pulling me down. It's not fun. I love, like uh, Patrice, who, who, who comes in here. I love when I coach her. She's looking to grow. She's throwing stuff at me. She's coachable, you know, right. which, you know, is the other side of that equation. <laughs> Cool topic. We could talk about it all day, but we're not. Uh, We're going to go to motivational music. 
And right after that, three headlines that we're going to get Lori's take on. So, Shay, give me motivational music. So uh, thank you, Jonathan. You always, uh, you know, support the uh, the music choices. But that one, that line in there about, you know, everything that kills us makes us more alive. If you just live by that, like, I don't want to do this. To, you know, this is not, you know, I'd prefer to do something else. Okay. But when you do those things that you don't like, that's discipline. That's Getting great at shit you don't like to do is Israel discipline. So I love that. So as I promised, Shay, give me huddle headlines. So I got a couple of good ones coming your way. The oh first one, which I found astonishing, and I know you're going to help us unpack is homeschooling is booming. Yep. So give me your, your un, unpack homeschooling for me, please. Um, I, well, I think it's, it's bigger than homeschooling, but homeschooling is certainly a part of it. There is a, there's been a huge shift since COVID of parents uh, taking their kids from public schools mostly from public school and either homeschooling them or going to the parochial or private schools. There's been a huge increase in attendance uh, and registration at parochial and private schools as well. And that's partly because with COVID, right, I think people started to, to realize that maybe education was not what, what they wanted their kids to end up with. Right. Um, I think also how the schools handled education during COVID put a, left a little bit of a bad taste in some people. I think that's a big reason. Yeah. And then I think the third reason is vouchers, right? If I've got $8,000 or whatever the amount is for homeschooling, why would I send my kid to school when I could get the money and do it the way I want to do it? Right. I think that, so there's a couple of things that this article cites as reasons for people doing this homeschool thing. They think um, the, Public schools are failing their particular mm -hmm. needs. Bullying, which I want you to unpack bullying mm -hmm. for me, and then increasing concerns that 
safety. the curriculum doesn't align. So, you know, the whole government refund, I think it's like $8,000 that they give you back. Is that about right? Is that, it's 8000 yeah, for the voucher. Yeah, I think I think there are some other reasons. I mean, safety is one. Look what's happening in our schools, right? Yeah. So there are parents that don't feel that the environment is safe, number one. Number two, absolutely um, political stuff. Absolutely um, is part of it. Uh, and they can control the content that their kids are learning. Uh, you know, I think you're, when I talk about safety, I would include bullying in there as well. Uh, as the safety of the environment of the school with shootings and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think it's all of those things. I guess there is a part of me, though, that says, do I homeschool my kids and put them in this bubble, right? Because I think the world might not be perfect for, for them to go out into I, I think there's a lot missing, and I may be wrong, but I do think there's a lot that's missing for students when they're homeschooled, right? The social aspect. I there think are social some, adaptation, I think you yeah. really bingo. I, I also think, and Tracy hits on it, uh, mental health. I, I think being home, right, with a parent all, all the time and not having that social interaction. Now, I know there are ways to get them involved socially. And it depends on how what how good of a job the parents do. So I, I just, I think there are some other sides of homeschooling that, you know, like everything else, there's pros and cons. You know, so it's interesting, because I remember growing up and I grew up in Long Island. Well, let's call it this. I haven't grown up yet, but assuming where I started my life, um, I had the, my parents had the choice to put me in private school or, you know, uh, public school. And their choice was, they wanted me to meet a wider swath of people than just people like me in the same socioeconomic thing. So, and I, and I'm grateful to them because all through my, you know, youth, I was friendly with all kinds of people, you know, not just, you know, yeah. so I, I think it really did open up and that's a interesting choice that parents have to have, uh, you know, have to make. But the other one is, what a huge responsibility. You know, like I gotta I, tell you I, something. I wouldn't want to be responsible. You couldn't pay me enough money to homeschool kids. Which is part <laughs> of the problem in school. They don't pay the teachers enough. So it's like crazy. You no, know, okay. I, I think I, I listen, I, I think this is the hopefully I'm hoping some good will come out of this. I'm hoping that the public school system, the state department of education, all those people. These statistics, these declines in, in uh, enrollment should truly be a message to the public school system, to our Department of Education, that we need to change the way we are educating our young I people, think so. right? But I do agree, and I think it was somebody said, uh, I think it was, I don't know who DTWD is, but um, that, that there's so many skill sets that you are not going to learn sitting at your dining room table with a parent, right? Adapting to situations. And you know what? Look, nobody should be bullied. And and certainly there's all different levels of bullying, but we are all probably at one time or another going to face a bully. Yeah. Whether it's a boss, whether it's a kid in the playground, we're probably going to face it. Now, how do we deal with that? And how do you learn to deal with it? And I'm not suggesting I want people to be bullied to learn. That's not my point. 
but I think it's very difficult to, I just feel like we're putting them in a cocoon and I'm not sure that's going to help prepare them for the future and the real world. So, uh, that is the one and only Paula Bird. So thank you for your comments. Paula. Oh, thank you, Paula. So a great topic. We could probably finish up with that, but we're not because I have two more. I don't know if we'll get to them. The second one's a doozy and it's about Amazon. Amazon is blocking promotions of employees who don't comply with its return to office policy leaked document show. So there's two things that come out of this for me, and then I'll let you roll. Um, leaked documents, man. <laughs> like anybody leaked a document in my organization, they get fired. So I think there's a whole story there. But this whole thing about return to work and forcing people, um, your take on it, because it leads to gender bias. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, I think, look, I I, I do believe that if a job requires you to be on location, on site in order to do the job, then, and you you refuse to do that or don't want to do that, then you are going to eliminate yourself from the position, right? From the running. So I, I don't know. I, I didn't read the whole article because you sprung it on me this morning, but I, I, it may lead to gender bias because it may be that women have a tougher time, but then then they should be looking for jobs that are remote. I, I, so I don't know. I, I Good. No, I think, uh, Shay, show me the last headline. Uh, and this was from Entrepreneur Magazine this morning, hence why I sprung it on you because I'm up you know, so ridiculously early reading the gender pay gap is about to widen as companies unknowingly adopt this men first policy. And it's, uh, you know, whether they realize it or not, inflexible return to office approach is pushing women out, which in turn fosters an environment that is more exclusive. So, you know, to your point, why would women have to make that choice when men don't have to make it? Well, you know, first of all, I I think that's changing a little bit. I see the younger generation, like look at Mark. I mean, Mark is a great example of how that has shifted from my time when the woman was fully responsible right, for, for the care of the children and the husband went to work. Um, so I think that is shifting with the younger generation. Look, I think this so the, stats, the stats say firms that allowed more flexible work arrangements saw a 50% higher rate hiring rate for women. Unbelievable. I mean, it's, you know, that to me, 50% is one out of every two is losing a job because of the stringent work environment. And I hear this all the time uh, tonight. Um, do you know Oz Rashid? Um, yeah. Oz is a good friend. Oz is coming mm-hmm. tonight. Oz, I'm pushing to get more involved in junior achievement, but he's got a great, you know, the take on all of this, because if you as a parent need to go pick up your kid early at four instead of the scheduled time five, you know, if you're still there, you could just be more flexible about it. It's not these stringent things about, you know, eight or nine to five. And, you know, the boss don't work that way. You have something goes on in your family, go take care of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, we're like that. I mean, even though you're coming into the office, you know, if Stephanie's got to take her kids to the dentist, Right. right. It has to happen during work hours. So, you know, people have PTO. They can also use their PTO. But, you know, we're pretty flexible in that. I mean, she comes in at 8 o'clock every morning or 7.30 every morning, right? She doesn't leave till the work is done or she gets back on the computer. You know, 
I do think we we need to be flexible, but it really depends. There are some jobs that you can't be flexible. There may yeah, be. You're right. You so know, I, no, I, you know, it's hard no to think answer. about this globally. It really is hard. You you have to look at each company, each position. I think individually to really give the proper answer. I don't think there's a blanket answer. We are way over time as we usually yeah. do. Thank you for your contribution this week. I look nice. forward to seeing you in our coaching call today. And then yeah. tonight at the Revenue Advisory Committee meeting. Uh, and then tomorrow at the board meeting. And then tomorrow at the board meeting. So uh, it's a week with Lori Salarillo. Thank you, everybody out there. Be safe. Get after it. Work hard. And know that it's the middle of November. Get after it to close the month. See. Absolutely. Please don't worry about me. I'm about to let my heart speak. Friends keep telling me to leave this So let's get down, let's get down to business Let's get down, let's get down